In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, it's emotional currency. You only have so much, and who gets it? Or as I said here, who gets your best, and who gets the rest? See you on the other side. To another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, Quincy Moran, in the Moran Family Studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Honey bon, what's up? Hi, baby. Hey, here we go. You're going to eat almonds on air, which you know I hate, because um, you're going to be crunching, etc. And I don't like it. I do not like it. It's like me chewing gum. Not that bad. Oh, it's that bad. No. The microphone magnifies it. Okay. So here we go. Hey, we want to talk to you today about emotional currency. And it's a topic that's pretty difficult to discuss. But I do want to say this. United States, India, Canada, South Africa, Australia, the UK, Nigeria, Poland, Germany, New Zealand, Mexico, Sudan, Uganda, Spain. What is AA? Finland. Kenya, Russia, Romania, France, Ghana, Portugal, the Netherlands, Brazil. Hey, man, that was that was great timing. <laughs> Singapore, Serbia, the U.S. Virgin Islands, Zimbabwe, Bangladesh, Ireland, Pakistan, the Philippines, Thailand, China, 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 Japan, Latvia, Ghana. The UAE, Algeria, Kuwait, Morocco, Nepal, Sweden, Ecuador, Bermuda, Iraq, Puerto Rico, Saudi Arabia. I'm still going. Chechia, Denmark, Indonesia, Israel, Papua New Guinea. I don't even know how to pronounce this. Cyclus, South Korea, Sri Lanka, Suriname. The Bahamas, Egypt, Gambia, Georgia, the country, not the state, although there are many from the United States and Georgia. Uh, Hungary, Jordan, Malaysia, Mozambique, Nambia, Peru, the Russian Federation. Don't know why it's not Russia. Uh, Senegal, St. Kitts and Nevis. Look that up because I never heard of it. Syria, Trinidad, and Tobago. I'm Almost seeing done. faces in my head that are like going, what is he doing? Turkey, Antigua, Austria, Belgium, Belize, Botswana, the British Virgin Islands, the Cayman Islands. I'm going to stop here in a minute. Karakoa, Estuini, Ethiopia, Honduras, Hong Kong, Iran, Italy, Lebanon, Nicaragua, Paraguay, Sierra Leone. Tanzania, Tanzania, yeah, Tanzania, mm-hmm. Venezuela, Vietnam, Zambia. If I mentioned your country, you're part of the man versus marriage nation, and we appreciate you listening. It's more countries than I ever thought our voice would ever be in. Um, but just know, if you're out there, you're listening, we know you are. 
I pray for you. I'm rooting for you. And I'm excited to have you listen to this program um, because we do this as a pay it forward. Because of what was done for our relationship, we're doing the same for you. So you freaking rock. All you countries, even the ones I've never heard of, it was a geography lesson for me. I'm like, where is this place? I've never heard of it. So I went to Google, and there you are in the far reaches of the planet. So God bless you, and thank you for listening. Thank you for sending emails. Thank you for allowing us to speak into your life. And if you need something that we're not giving you, topic-based, Quincy, Q-U-I-N-C-Y, at mvsmpodcast.com. Now let's get into this. Emotional currency. This is a topic that I'm not exactly sure how to address. There are a couple guys that I've had on the show, and gals for that matter, that I'd love to get their take on it. One of them would probably be Jonathan Welton. I'd like to know like how his Cole brain, Rogers. even Cole Rogers, I'd like to know how John Welton's brain works because he's got a he has a very intelligent analytical type brain i mean he's like a theologian so you know that you know he thinks constructively about things or you know even maybe julia barbaro i wonder how she would feel even the sumners i wonder how they would feel about this particular topic sounds like you've got some phone calls to make yeah i got some calls to make um because it's i think it's important i've heard people say my spouse emotionally cheated on me and I guess before I heard that I really only thought of infidelity as being a physical situation um obviously now I do understand that emotionally you can give yourself to someone else and that crosses a major boundary um so that you know now how do you address that when it's your spouse doesn't necessarily know that's what's happening. Like you don't, you can't really get any concrete evidence, I guess, but let's say you're a pastor, you're a teacher. Let's say you are a manager of a business and you lead people. How do you delineate that? How do you take your emotional currency and how do you decide who gets what? I mean, obviously, the easy answer is, oh, my wife and kids get my emotional currency. They get that connection. But when you're out there, you know, human to human, where do you draw the line or what does that actually look at? Well, like? and you have to be careful, too, because you may not think that you're emotionally invested in somebody else, but the somebody that you're investing in may think that there's more to this. Yeah. Than you do. And that's that's where the catch 22 comes in, because um, as an example, we know someone who was in AA and sponsored many people mm-hmm. and they sponsor. He sponsored a younger woman and she was going through a lot of stuff. She had a single mom, you know, did, trying to get her crap together. And he was just being there, being a friend, letting her talk. It's a sponsorship. That's what they do. They talk to each other. They tell each other when they're going through things. But then it became like every day they were talking for an hour, two, three hours. Sometimes they were meeting for breakfast. Sometimes they were going. And it's part of the sponsorship structure to Mm -hmm. do these things. But his wife was like, well, but why aren't we doing these things? Like you're going out to breakfast with this group because you're trying to help them. But we're not going out anywhere. 
Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you're having two and three hour conversations with this person and we're spending time watching TV. So it, it it's a, and the other party, the female involved was starting to grow attached to him in a different manner because if something would happen, she automatically ran to him for everything. Well, and I'll tell you, <clears throat> you could unintentionally be meeting your own need. Yeah, because you're out, needed. Outside of your home um, and not necessarily realize that's happening mm-hmm. because now you're making other people's life and drama your responsibility, which I've been guilty of. Uh, there's a few things I am guilty of. One of them is thinking that a relationship or a connection has deeper loyalty than it actually does. Mm-hmm. That's where the birth of the 50 and 5 rule came in. Because I'm, I don't like this about myself, but I will, if I met you 15 minutes ago, I'll go all in for you. And I don't know why I will do that. I have no idea why. But it's like, oh, man, I'm all in. Yeah. And it's like. I got no problem slamming down a $5 bill. (laughs) (laughs) The other, you know, the other person's like, oh, yeah, I'm all in. But then when the rubber meets the road, it's like, hmm, that's not going to work for me. It's like, wait, we were all in. So I go too much too soon. Now, that's not, I'm not saying with women. I'm talking like, you know, guys and whether it's about health or, you know, working out or whatever it is well, like that, you know. That's not a fair assessment because there is one female friend in our life that you just connected with and it was like you guys talk about the same diet issues, you talk about the same belief structures, um, you know, I mean, she's an amazing friend to both of us. So I there's never any question there, but the your relationship with Miranda is one that I would never she is a, a full-on 50, but she met you with a full-on 50. And that's the difference. It's, it's, but it's not like, it's not a romantic type situation. It's not anything that I would ever question outside of the constructs of what your no, relationship I, I'm, is. What but I'm, I'm saying, saying is, like, I'm, it's not like with every female you're like that. I'm not going out looking no. for new relationships with females. Yeah. That's, I'm not doing that. Now, Miranda... Dan and Miranda do our tattoos. So you sit there with your tattoo artist and you become, you build a rapport and you talk. They are like people who cut hair. They are professional. They are actually you and me in two different forms because she is identical to you and what she does and how fast she does it and how quick she switches to what she's doing. And, you know, if you need something, she's there. She's just like, yeah, I can do this. No problem. And she, she will take on far more than she is capable yeah. of holding on her shoulders which you do too and danny much like me is just like let them go dude just let them do their thing we'll sit back here and talk and most of the time it's talking crap about other situations and you know let them let them have a good time it's all good we're we're nice and quiet back here but this is home. this is not what the context of what we're talking about we're talking about actual meeting the actual meeting and investing in emotional needs or getting your needs met through connecting with someone else yeah outside of your relationship your marriage um outside of your home and there are some tough places where it's like where is the dividing line and like i say how do you delineate that let's say if you're a pastor 
you are the shepherd of a flock, and there are people who need, that have needs, they come to you to be met as like a, say, a spiritual father if you're a man, or a spiritual mother if you're a woman. Um, But what happens when it goes from talking about the spiritual things to talking about other types of things, and it's like now you are the go-to for all things. Mm Mm-hmm. Or even the AA situation. Or maybe you're having a hard time, you know, in your marriage and your relationship. And now you're going outside of that talking to a woman. Or if you're a woman, talking to another man about your relationship issues. Um, where do you draw the line? Where are the boundaries? How much drama do you allow to come into your relationship when it comes to there went there went my phone um when it comes to needs and whether needs are being met or not so there's only you only have so much emotional currency period now i can talk to many people and be in the moment with them and not like spend my emotional currency i believe like I can, if you're hurting, I can hurt with you. If you're happy, I can be happy with you. And I'm very genuine about those emotions, but I will not take them on myself. Mm-hmm. I, I, like I won't, I won't take them on. I don't know. I don't even know how to say it, but I can laugh with you. I can cry with you. And I don't, I won't bring that home with me. Yeah. It Let me stops say that. in that moment. Once the moment's over, it's over. It's being it's being what you need in the moment. I don't want to believe it's in a negative way, but I'm there and I'm, and I want to celebrate or, you know, I want to be in that moment with you. But the difference is this, if you're doing that with somebody and then you bring it home to me and you're telling me about it and you're so elated about it and so involved and it's like, then the next day is you come home and you're talking to me about the same person in a similar situation and the emotions that you're giving off are the same. And it's like you're feeding off the energy of that person and being with that person. And now building that relationship even further and deeper with that person. It, I guess the fine line needing to be drawn here is if, if it's between you and uh, if it was between you and another woman or me and another man, because I don't think there's a fine line here and it's really, really hard to navigate because I wouldn't get jealous or feel um, threatened by you spending time with a guy and, you know, coming home and telling me all, all the exciting things and how you guys are clicking or whatever. I don't feel threatened by that. Now, I might get annoyed if you're spending too much time. Then I'm going to start kind of questioning. It's not necessarily your emotional investment. It would be more your quality time that I would be questioning. Yeah. But um, there's the hard part to navigate in all of this is, um, you know, if you're a, 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 what do you call it, social worker or a therapist of sorts, or if you work with, you know, um, people with disabilities or things of that nature. And so you're getting to know these parents or these families and you are becoming so emotionally drained in your work 
that when you come home, your family gets, you know, a little bit of attention, but it's like, I'm really tired. I've had a really long day. It's been a, a really stressful, emotionally draining. The minute you hear those things coming out, Houston, you have a problem because you can be emotionally drained once in a while, but when it becomes a normal, when you were working in a previous position a few years back, you would come home frustrated, angry, irritated, and it was like, that's what we got. We weren't getting the better end of you. We were getting whatever happened outside and you brought it home. And I think it's kind of that way with, um, you know, these other jobs and ministries and things like that. It's like you, your job is to help these people. So you are obviously invested in trying to help. But there, again, there's that fine line. You're giving out what you think you're supposed to. If the other person perceives it as something more than it actually is, that can be a problem. And you're not responsible for how they're taking things or how they're responding to things. But you are responsible to be aware of that fine line. If a person is, is crossing a line or seems to be inching up to that line, it's your responsibility to pull back or at least make the boundary known. In, in some situations, it's difficult, I think, because... You don't, you may not realize what your spouse is feeling in this, you know, looking at the, the AA sponsor and the younger girl, I don't think he fully comprehended that his wife was feeling like he was emotionally cheating on her because he wasn't spending as much time with her. He was always talking about her and her situation because he was excited. You know, he was helping somebody. He felt good. He wanted to share it with her on her side of things. It was but you were gone for X amount of time. You're always on the phone. You're never spending time with me. I'm not, the conversations we have are all about this and what you're doing. They're never beyond surface level. So now your quality time with your spouse is no longer quality. It's just time. That's where the problems come in because this other you're you have to find the balance. Hey, that I mean that could like venture off into another issue, which is, are you emotionally available for your spouse? And if you're not, why are they going outside of the house to get to spend that currency? Mm-hmm. There's a, I think there's a difference career wise because you could talk to, you know, somebody who is in the social working side of, uh, of life, somebody who's in counseling or police officers or things of that nature that are very emotionally demanding jobs and those are really hard not to not to bring home. But I, I wonder think, what Jeff would say. Yeah, I wonder. He's not a typical personality though. He's a he's a different breed. That's why I'm saying though. I want I wonder because he has to work in that balance because he has ministry and he has yeah. police work. So there I, has, that's a guy. I would I would that's ask a guy. him. I'm going to write him down. I'm writing him down. But it we're, yeah, we're kind of doing this as we go. But it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I get what you're saying because they do have an emotionally demanding job and you do have to be there in the moment and you do have to be able to, um, you know, give what you can to that person while you're there. But at the same time, those are specific instances happening within your job. These are not ongoing. You know, when an officer helps a, a family or a child or a, a, an abused spouse, you help them until you get someone else to step in that takes place of what you're doing. And then they move on from that case to the next one. 
in these other situations, like using ministry as an example, if you're pastoring or you're running a cell group or whatever you want to call it, and these people are now reliant on you because you're the quote unquote shepherd of the group, you're the one they go to as an authority, you're somebody they go to for advice or for help or when they're, you know, they're trying to navigate through something. This is not a one-time thing. These are people that are continually right. coming back. You've, how do you balance all of that? Now, for you and I, we ran up against that for a little while because we had things going on where we just had too many things and too many people. And it was like, look, dude, you're not here for me. And it, I mean, that was ultimately what all of our crap storm turned into when we finally said the rubber meets the road. What are we doing? What's the decision? It was, you're not here for me. Mm -hmm. I'm lonely and I feel like I'm lost and I don't know what to do. And you're not here. It feels like you're just leaving to be away from me or to get away. And like it, in my mind, it was you rejecting me and getting your needs net everywhere else, but with me, except for the sexual side of things. And I, I can see where a lot of people would get that, especially when you've got someone in, um, I keep going back to ministry just because it's easy, but because there are multiple people that are coming to you for this need to be met. And these are jobs that people are like, you're constantly on call, mm -hmm. but are you? See, that's where, this is where I, I have a very different perspective because even take a management position you're always on call but are you do you have to be because at some point there has to be a boundary there has to be otherwise your job is the priority not your family mm -hmm. or your um, ministry or your charity or whatever it is that you're doing these things become your priority because now you're you're doing all of these things and anyone can call you at any time well but that's not the way it's supposed to be. The only 24-hour open access is meant to be your spouse and your children. So it's kind of like, how, how do you balance that? I, well, it, it really depends on how it's structured and where and how you outline it. So, you know, that's the difficult thing about when it comes to, to managing or owning and operating a business or being a minister— um, but I think our, like, I think our discussion was going to go in a different direction when it is people from the outside coming to you to get their needs met and how much, where are the boundaries to draw with that? Well, that's what I'm saying though. In these jobs where you have the 24 hour on call, these people are coming to you to get their needs met. So you're, if you're constantly doing that, what's left? If you're if if you're in a position and you have 30 people relying on you and these 30 people are coming back with different issues and 30 people like, outside of your home. Exactly. Yeah. And you're trying to help them navigate and be there in the moment and you're you're doing your best to be that authority that they need. What is left of you at the end of the day when you do go home? I get. I guess what I would say, like the to me, the first step in in addressing this is to have an open and honest discussion with your spouse to see what are your needs and are they being met. 
And once you start, I mean, if I was to ask right now, you know, what are your top three needs? What are your top four or five? What are your top needs? Tell me. How many of us can articulate that? And if we can't articulate what the needs are, how do we know if they're even being met? So if you're a person who needs to be needed or wants to help people, you may not be doing that at home because you and your spouse are not communicating about what your actual needs are. So you might be going outside of your home to find it, mm-hmm. to be able to do, because that was my issue. I was going out seeking approval, yeah, um, seeking words of affirmation. I, what I thought I was doing was trying to go make something of myself so that I could support our family. But really, you know, and that's because Jeannie was constantly worried about lack, about the empty cabinets. And I thought, well, this is what you continue to voice to me. So my solution is to go work harder to try to make money. And that's like she was telling me something. My maneuver was not what she needed. But I didn't know that. Well, neither was my explanation because I was worried about the lack in the house. But really what I should have been focused on was the lack in myself and our relationship. Yeah. And so you never really know what this actually looks like until you start somewhere to have a discussion. And then once you know, okay, here here is the love and emotional support and the needs that are are needed to be met in my core relationship and relationships. It's only after that that you can identify what everybody else is allowed to have. Now, just because you're supporting somebody emotionally doesn't mean it's an emotional, intimate support. Because there are some things where you just have to be able to listen to people's problems and advise them on what is necessary, what's needed, and coach them up. That's a different scenario than beginning or cultivating an emotional relationship with someone. And I don't know where I'm not out seeking new relationships with women. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not out seeking trying to build new friendships with women. I have professional relationships with women that are professionals. So we must have a professional relationship. That's mm-hmm. necessary for my particular job. But I'm not out trying to seek and build brand new relationships and invest in women emotionally outside of my house. Now, there are times where it's like, you know, people are hurting, you work with them, you do get a little vulnerable and you're sharing what's going on in your life. And it's like, oh man, I really, I really feel for you. I, I feel terrible for you. And I'm so sorry you're going through that. Um, and I might tell, you know, I might come and tell you about it because where we have faith in God, we pray. Yeah. It's what we do. So where is the line? I, I don't know how to like fully identify, articulate and draw the line out. But what I can tell you is if you're giving, if you're giving emotional currency away to women, obviously if you're a man or uh, to men, if you're a woman, if you're giving that away to people and it's your emotional 
currency that's derived from intimacy, then that's not okay. The harder part is when you're doing what you believe is right and you're not investing emotionally, intimately into it, but you're doing what you're supposed to and someone else is coming to you and making and and getting what they need, but on their side, it's starting to grow. Well, yeah, because you're meeting a need. (laughs) Yeah, it's starting to grow and maybe they begin to think there's something there that's not. That's the hard part. But even if it's not there, even if that part isn't happening, but they're continually coming back and they're not able to like responsibly begin to manage their own emotions, where do you draw the line? At that point, is it too close and do they need to go somewhere with a different professional? So. You know, those those are the questions there because A, number one, priority one has got to be your spouse, your spouse, and your children. That's where your number one priority must be when it comes to your emotional currency, especially the intimate communication type. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What does that look like? I don't know because you and your wife have to structure that. What I know about Jeannie is she wants to feel like she is the priority, like she matters. She wants to feel safe. She wants to feel... Like she's protected and she wants to know that I'm on, like she's on my mind and then she wants her kids fed. She'll go hungry, but she wants her kids fed. I know those things about mm-hmm. Jeannie. <clears throat> now, if I go, if I'm off making other people feel outside of a professional relationship, like they are the priority and I'm investing in them and trying to meet their needs and it's hampering my relationship at home, we know that's gone too far. Now, from the outside, if that's coming in and it's identified like, oh, here, this seems like it's an issue, then you have to have those types of discussions. But as far as we've talked about it too, like bedroom, kitchen, family room, porch, front yard, across the street, you have to know where those people are. And I all too often will just gather people and throw them in the living room, no matter where they belong. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, cause I go too much too soon. I'm but a I'm, porch person. I like to keep people on the porch for yeah. a while. <laughs> and the sad part about me is that, uh, I want people to like me. I want people to know that I care about them. I want people to know that I'll fight for them no matter what. But you know, your strength overextended becomes a weakness. Not everybody deserves that because they're just going to be there in your life to get what they need and leave. Mm-hmm. And that can be emotionally damaging and it can cause emotional issues but if you're investing in a relationship outside of your marriage and it's with the opposite sex that could be a dangerous situation because eventually it could transition into something different that you both weren't planning on I don't have that experience but I'm saying I've heard about that happening. So you need you need to manage that. But as far as the emotional currency goes, know yourself. Know your spouse's needs. If you feel like you're lacking, like your needs are not being met, then you need to have this discussion with your spouse. Because I have needs that I want. You know, Jeannie's not responsible for my happiness. 
but she did take on the responsibility to meeting my needs, and I took the responsibility on for meeting her needs and our ability to connect and how we want to share our life together. Whether I'm happy or not is a choice on my part. Now, she can do things that makes me unhappy, but it's not her responsibility to ensure my happiness. It is her responsibility to meet my needs and vice versa according to our relationship and what we have set up, what we have structured, you know, for our for our relationship. So I hope there's a distinction there. Um, what else did you want to talk about relative to emotional currency? I know you had an example. I don't know if we covered the example without covering it or, or what. What did you, where did you um, want to get? No, I mean, it. that's pretty much it. I mean, it's, <clears throat> you're going to have to have the conversation with your spouse because at this point, like for for you and I, I wasn't, I didn't like emotions for a long time. They felt like a weakness to me. So I had a really hard time figuring out how to discuss, how to connect. But you could just jump into anything with anybody. And it was like, you were all in, you're there. You're 100% you. And I used to get jealous of that because everybody was getting everything from you. And I didn't know because I wasn't very good at navigating my own emotion. I wasn't able to say, dude, I, I need that from you yeah that's what i need quincy why are you giving it away but i want a cough button i ate food i know so (laughs) it's one of those things where you you have to identify for yourself where are you emotionally are you somebody who needs that attention more um and and by that what i mean is i i want to know that when we're in a deep conversation that you're in the conversation. I don't want to just talk to you and have you talk back. I want to know that you're emotionally invested in what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, a simple and, and very basic example is talking about my book. When we talk about the book, you get excited when I get excited. When I'm when puzzle pieces start clicking together and, and I start shifting into gear, I'm a very different person because I, I know where I'm going. I'm very excited about this. Mm-hmm. And now I have to get this done. And if I don't have that same connection on the other side, it kind of dwindles off on its own. So it, it's important to me to have that balance. It keeps me motivated. It keeps me moving. <clears throat> I'm sorry. But on the flip side of that, if you are talking to me about something that is bothering you or something that you're you're trying to navigate through and you're just not sure about if if I'm not really listening and I'm not really invested in what you're telling me then you take it like I don't care mm-hmm. it's it's basically you're talking to a wall why am I telling you this when you don't care yeah you're not connecting with me I'm, I'm not a priority it doesn't matter what I'm telling you mm-hmm. etc and it, it's some people don't think it's a big deal because you can have surface conversation and think that you're actually communicating. No, you're not. You're having a basic business conversation with your spouse. And the difference there is when, if you were to go and help someone and, um, you know, we, we perfect example. We started talking about moving out here. I got to know the guy that was helping us get situated. We clicked right away, but it was because, of all the people that we worked with, this was the first person that took every, I mean, I, I did this to everybody. I'm kind of mean this way. 
But when they said, what are you looking for? I gave them a list of all the stuff that we are up against with our kids, the schools, the autism, the adults, the ages, the different programs we're looking for, the, the type of school I'm looking at, the type of medical facilities I need to have within a certain dis- I mean, I laid out, I am like Bridezilla of house hunting at this point. And <clears throat> one person, one person said, okay, so if I'm hearing you correctly, you need blah, 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 blah. And he laid out a whole list and he was like, can I have two weeks to compile all this information for you and I'll get back to you? Sure, no problem. I'm thinking he's full of crap. He's like, okay, well, let's talk in two days with you and your husband face-to-face on FaceTime and let's see. We met, we talked. He was invested in, and we didn't buy a house yet, guys. So we weren't, weren't, he made very little out of this. But he was invested in what was important to me. Mm-hmm. That's what made me go with him because he was invested in what was important to me. But that little bit of investment was 10 minutes. It wasn't like I gravitated to this person and now I got to I gotta know this guy. Like I really need to spend time with him. People do that and I don't think that it's intentional or I don't think it's noticeable. But when you meet that need for someone, you become a different person to them. You know, if you... If, Maybe I'm not explaining this right. When Hannah went in the hospital, okay, I always knew Jack was a friend. No question. Jack's always been a friend. But we were in L.A. with one of our daughters in the hospital. We got a phone call. Our other daughter, who was two hours away from us, had a seizure, had to go to the hospital. Neither one of her parents were there. We're not there to meet her at the hospital. I need somebody there now. <clears throat> and so we went through the list in our head and it's like, okay, well, my parents don't live here. Your mom can't get there. We're, we were trying to go through who could be where. And we called my aunt and uncle and they, they could be, but there was a time delay. We called Jack. I don't even know why I called Jack. Jack is not my go-to person. I called Jack. Jack dropped everything he was doing and him and his wife were on their way to go be what I needed. Jack for me shifted that day from just being a close friend to being like a brother to me. Mm-hmm. There was a need that we we connected on because he has a child who has seizures. He knows yeah. the fear that we're going through. He understands the panic that, that we're dealing with. And more than anything, he knows what that child is going through because his child went through it. So his reaction was, go be there. Yeah, and I think I think <clears throat> that articulates a healthy investment. But that's what I'm saying. There's the difference. I never looked at Jack like I never had a hero worship. I never had a, a, um, I don't know. It's sometimes we see people and they meet those needs that are so important to us. Like anybody who knows me, I'm not a real vulnerable person to others. I'm not somebody that really shares a whole lot, but the one thing you will always know about me from the get go, my kids are everything my husband everything you mess with these two things and I am a whole different person these these nine people I will do whatever whenever however and I don't care what it costs me so for someone to step in who's never really stepped in that place to not only 
understand and share what I'm feeling, but just to step in and handle it for me, that was a huge need met. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that just anyone can do. Some people would take that and it bumps you to a pedestal. It bumps you to a place of now they, they look at you for a different reason or they, you might become someone different to them because in that moment they were so high emotionally and you took care of something for them. So they're, it, you're, you're trying to say <clears throat> that some people would take that and then if they're not getting their needs met, they might take that and go back to that particular person and try to get needs met. It's a connection point. You, you now have that connection point. Mm-hmm. And for some people, when you have that connection point, that's what they gravitate to. For you, there are some people in your life that, and, and it's been this way since we were kids, they gravitate to you when they need a spiritual anchor. They gravitate to you when they need someone to help them make the right decision because they are so easily swayed that they come to you. And if, if Quincy can't be swayed, for whatever reason, they had it in their head that you were this person you could not do wrong. But they didn't really know you if that was really what they thought because you're human. (laughs) But you had that pedestal that they put you on and they came to you for that need or that that connection. That's that's who you were to them. And some of them took that beyond. I mean, some of them had crushes on you because you you were this person. You couldn't do these things and they gravitated to that because that's what they needed. But it's, it's like, God, if you ever watch like the movies and they, they have like this hero worship, it's like Spider-Man shows up and now all of a sudden the girl's infatuated with Spider-Man because Spider-Man saved me. Okay, cool. He saved you, but that doesn't mean he wants to be your guy. He was doing his job or what he felt he should in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people get lost in that because they're not, their needs are not being met where it should be. So when someone else steps in and it's something that is, um, how do you put it? Like an anchor for them, you know, like with Jack, if I didn't have you, Jack could have become something different for me in my mind. Not necessarily that I would split his marriage, but that that's what I could picture him as. Yeah, just as an example of as how As an it example. Could yeah. But for me, it was more, Jack moved from my front porch to my kitchen immediately in that one gesture yeah and became somebody that i could say okay i can open this part of my life up to you but i also in my kitchen you are always with me i am never standing in my kitchen alone if that makes sense yeah so it i think people can take things wrong when you're when your tank is empty and you're looking for someone to fill it up you will get it filled wherever you can you hear about guys cheating all the time because they're not getting their sexual needs met at home, so they go elsewhere to find it. It is the same emotionally. If you're not being fulfilled, you're going to find – if you don't feel like you matter, you're going to find someone who feels makes you feel like you matter. If you don't feel beautiful and your spouse isn't telling you how pretty you are or how beautiful you are and you're not getting the words of affirmation, but some dude when you're out tells you how sexy you are, she's going to gravitate that way for a minute, whether she were, she actually – does anything with it or not, her mind is going to gravitate there because he struck a chord of something that's important and missing. That's the difference. There are, it's not always what you're putting out 
sometimes it's, it's how people perceive it. And you have to be aware of that because you might just be putting it out because it, it's just you. You're an encourager. You like to help. You like to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm the same, but I have a very different tact for how I do things. A lot of people don't like mine, but that's okay. But we're different in that. But like with most of the guys that I have those relationships with, I I love Brunkel to death. He is one of my favorite people. He knows exactly who I'm talking about. But to me, he is like my son. I'm older than him. He hangs out with my kids. He talks to me about life. But I have an emotional connection with him that I would have with my own son. Mm-hmm. there's never a boundary to cross there. Now, knowing things of his past and history, there is a boundary that comes into question that you and I have discussed at one point to say, okay, is this is this a healthy relationship and is this okay? But that that's the point right there. Your emotional currency, mine came up to question. Am I emotionally investing or physically investing into somebody beyond this boundary? And we need to know about it. That's the whole point of this episode is that's what brought this conversation on. Am I, do I feel like there is anything beyond just being friends with this person or helping this person and being a sounding board? No. Yeah. Not this specific person, but no, just, just as an example. In general, it's right. like these types of friendships. We've had these conversations over the years where I'll have a, a person I'm talking to online or Quincy will have somebody he's talking to about you know church stuff or marriage or whatever and it's like even in the podcast if people contact us it's like okay is there any boundary here that's being crossed that we need to address between us is this a safe friendship to proceed with those are the talks that you have to have because if your emotional currency is going into somebody else and not your spouse or not your kids if you're focusing more on helping somebody else's kid learn to play baseball and not our son there's a problem. Yeah, your priorities are wrong. Exactly. And your son is going to feel the lack of emotion and connection with you because you're giving it to someone else. That's the whole point of this is it's not just in a marriage. It's in general. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it's a balance game, because even with us, how, how do you balance your emotional currency with seven daughters? Mm-hmm. How do they all get the, we, we run across this all the time. We just ran across it a few weeks ago when one of them came and told you, well, you spend X amount of time with this one and I never see you. We never talk. We never go anywhere together. We don't do anything together. And it was just like. Yeah. And it was like, it was like, I will, I want to spend time with you, but I don't want to do A, B or C or D. So you have to be within my boundaries in order to spend time with me. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I, I'm, I can understand you and your coughing. I can understand, you know, where you're coming from, from there. And it kind of helps, I think for us illustrate the picture because anytime, um, like if it is a listener or anything like that, I generally run those conversations through you mm-hmm. so that, you know, and you can look out for me because we've been places like you say, we've been places and you have seen women respond a certain way, but I don't, I don't, cause you're not see looking that. for it. I don't, I don't see those things. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I'm not looking for them. I don't have a desire for them. I just love people and want to help people. 
So I think that's one way that you can run it through. And even in some of our other discussions, like, hey, this, I want, I want to know, is this, is this above board? And here's my concern. And it's like, okay, well, I trust you wholeheartedly, and I take what you say. I have to take it as gospel because of, of my level of trust for you. And if there's cause for concern, you can go forward from there. But I think, you know, being able to, to understand, A, where your spouse's needs are, where your needs are. And like you say, if your needs weren't emotionally being met and you reached out to someone for help in a situation like this and they ended up meeting that need, if you were going without, maybe you do look in that direction again. You go back to that again, et cetera. So... That is something you need to be cautious of. Now, if, you're, if your tanks are full, um, maybe somebody's coming to you and they're starting to get their needs met through you. That's where I think your spouse, having your spouse as accountability there can prevent somebody getting the wrong impression on what your relationship yeah, actually absolutely. is. Now, real quick, if your needs aren't being met, and you're using these external relationships to punish or create a response in your spouse because your needs aren't being met, that's also damaging. Mm -hmm. And those things need to be reconciled. So you know, and, and look, I thought, I use this example all the time, I thought quality time was getting Jeannie out of the house on a date at the movies. It wasn't. That was my version of what was meeting her need. I didn't have the experience to say, what is your version of your need being met? I went based on my assumption and what I would want to do, which is I've been talking all day. Escapism. I've been working all day. <laughs> let me get away. Let me just sit there. Let me be entertained. Let me not have to talk to anybody. Let me just relax. Where she's like, I've been with kids all day, and all I want to do is sit in front of my favorite person, enjoy a meal, and connect and talk. With somebody who's not in a diaper. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think that really sums it up there. In, uh, you had a final thought you wanted to, to discuss? Well, sometimes when your tank is full, and this is the other caution, and it, we've had people that say, you know, I want what you guys have. I want someone like him. And those are the things that kind of caution me sometimes in a conversation because those are the people when they start coming to you for advice or information, I'm thinking, okay, I trust you wholeheartedly, but I know what this person is looking for in someone else. And those are red flag moments for me to just right. say, okay, watch this. It's not that the person is bad. It's not that they intend to do anything. It's not that there's a boundary they mean to cross. But for me, it just lets me know, be aware because what I have, we've built. Correct. What what we have between us is years in the making. This is not, you know, we didn't just meet off the street, get married, and everything was perfect. Yeah. But for people to say, I want what you have, that's great. Just don't try to take from my tank. Yeah. That, no, that makes perfect sense, and I've used that analogy before where it's like, oh, I hope I find that. You, you're not going to find it. Now, you can look at other relationships. Like there was a, you know, there was a relationship that w we had mutual friends, and I looked at them, and I said, man, I, I love the way they, that they interact. I want that for my relationship. I just didn't know how to build it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to connect with you there. 
and we were really early on in our marriage, and we have since been able to develop that kind of love and friendship and camaraderie, um, and it's come to fruition, but it's not something that happens necessarily organically. You have to put work into it. And it's not something that once you get there, you're like, okay, cool, we've succeeded, we're here. You don't stop. No, we don't stop. We are constantly, even now, we are constantly changing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's got to be it for this episode, Emotional Currency. Um, I'm excited to go back and listen to it to see what we've talked about. I think I have a bit of a better understanding where this discussion began. Um, And then, you know, are your needs, this is a a question directly to you, are your needs being met emotionally by me? Currently, I believe we're okay. That's not an answer. It's yes or no. I just decided it was yes or no, but I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, I'm not going to give you a yes or no. Give me a yes or no. I'm I'm not aware of my emotional state at the moment. That's a fair point. (laughs) I would say... um, You have autism going on in the background, so my emotional state is not a fair question. Well, as as a general... As a general rule for where you're sitting now, do you feel like your tank is empty or do you feel like your tank has some volume in it? Yeah, I think we're about three quarters of the way full right now. We're, you know, we've got some things that we're working through, so we're getting there. And I would say the same for me. And I would say based on what we're up against, that's pretty freaking good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, And I always want the tank to be full. Um. But man, when you're going through really hard times, if you can say your tank is half full or three quarters full, that's a blessing. I think it's, to me, it's really a testament to us and our relationship um, because we know. We just know. And we and, and, and there have been times like over the last, you know, couple of weeks where you know, you've come to me, you've invested in me, and it's like, I just want to make the point that I don't take it for granted. The way that you love me, I do not take it for granted. And I appreciate how intentional you are about that. And I look forward to us, you know, getting through these these difficult times as we continue to settle in where we're at and we get some kind of support with autism and, and figure that side of it out. Because then we can reserve some of that emotional currency that we are just throwing into what feels like a fire yeah um and invested in each other and so i'm i'm excited about that you know as it happens but if your tank gets low please buzzword got oh, a buzzword you'll, you'll be the first one to know <laughs> <laughs> good i and i appreciate your honesty too i really do um Hello, autism. <laughs> We're just thinking the same. I mean, I love Rocky Balboa, like just as much as Hunter. I, I don't w- think so. I don't think so, actually. <laughs> um, I mean, what can I say? I do that very thing he's doing now in front of the TV while Alabama's playing football. Um, That's funny. I to do a that thing in my head almost every single night when he's not sleeping. Yeah. (laughs) What a joy. Anyway, that's all we have for this particular episode. My gosh, it went a whole lot longer than we expected. That's what she said. Um, But I believe it was good, and it was good for us, so I pray it was good for you. Yeah, it was good, baby. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that she is Jeannie Moran. I am Quincy Moran. This is Man vs. Marriage, the podcast. <laughs>